building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Good morning and welcome to, well, I guess it could be afternoon for you, so maybe I should stop saying good morning. But anyway, welcome to another Startup Survival episode. Today's topic is a follow-on from a previous episode that I did about how to go from thousands in revenue to a million or more. Like I said, I did an episode a few months ago about how to grow from zero to seven figures, and that gave a lot of details about how to start and how to grow your startup from scratch. If you haven't listened to episode 62, definitely go back and listen to it and come back to this one for a follow-up. I talked a lot in my zero to seven figures episode about what to do before you get started. Things like growing your audience and making sure you have money, very important, applying for a line of credit building a simple website, filing an LLC, etc. Today, I want to discuss what to do once you're making some money. Getting those first customers is really important and it can be really hard. And then the journey completely changes once you have early revenue. You feel like you have some traction and then boom, (laughs) it gets harder to make more revenue. And then scaling the company to millions gets very complex. I find that often the things that you used to think were hard get easier and then you meet bigger and bigger challenges over time. Every single time you tackle a new challenge, the game changes and then something else is presented for you to overcome. Personally, I did not have a super hard time getting that first money in the door. And I know sometimes that's the hardest part of growing a company. I started freelancing while I was still working full-time. So I had samples of work and I had experience from my full-time job that I could use to sell my services, which honestly, at the time, I didn't even really know what they were. Starting on the side is definitely always easier than quitting your job and starting because there's just less pressure. The money you make on the side is like fun money instead of the cash you need to pay your bills and survive. Anyway, the story is that I was looking to leave my job at a mid-sized B2B software company and I was applying for jobs all over the country, some in Chicago, which I guess is not very far away, and some in New York. And this was before I had kids, so I was just ready for a change. A couple of those companies were looking for local hires because, well, everyone was working in person at that time. This was 10 years ago, pre-COVID. But they asked if I wanted to freelance for them until they got a good hire in the door. So like I said, that first money was fairly simple. I wasn't even really looking for freelance jobs. It was once I had the first few customers that it got hard. And then once I had a few employees and a few hundred thousand dollars in the door, it got even harder and higher pressure because at that point you have people that depend on you to pay their bills. Let me go back and kind of outline the major roadblocks that I have hit while building this company. The first was, like I said, the transition from the first few customers to leaving my job and making enough money to support me full time and replace my income. The second was really when the company was making three, four hundred thousand dollars a year and I had a couple of employees and I was trying to figure out how to get to a million. 
And then the third big roadblock was when we reached probably about a one and a half million a year and our revenue kind of flatlined for a few years. This was during the beginning of COVID. So it definitely had an impact, but I did not expect how hard it was to hire and retain the right employees and the impact that turnover would have on my company. Now we're looking to grow the company to about two and a half, three million this year. And there are a new set of challenges as there always are. Of the roadblocks that I just listed, I want to focus today on the journey from a few hundred thousand to a million. And I have basically three crucial things that you need to know in order to get from one stage to the other. Number one, first and foremost, it is absolutely crucial to have the right people with you. We just talked about this in the last episode. And to have the right people with you over time. My head of people and my head of creative have been with me for a really freaking long time. And they both started as fairly young entry-level team members, and they have done a ton of self-work and grown personally a ton to go from being an individual contributor to someone who manages a lot of people and who grows a company. It's a lot different doing the work than working on the company. I cannot stress enough that an individual contributor is not always cut out or destined to be a people manager. There's a fun side of managing people, which is collaborating with them and working with them in times of growth. And then there are the things that are not fun, like having hard conversations and managing performance when it comes to discipline situations. If you have people that are growing up in your company with you, which if you're growing a startup, you probably do. You all have to be willing to look deeply at yourselves at every single step, every time the company grows, every new position that you take, in order to ensure that they want the job that is laid out in front of them. Because I have mentioned on this podcast a number of times before, sometimes the path that's in front of you is not the right path for you. I brought some of my key contributors into profit sharing early on, and I think that really helped them get invested into growing the company and just making sure we have profit, not just top line revenue, which is a focus for a lot of companies, but especially when you're bootstrapped, you have to be making money. Number two is a pretty big mistake that I made early on, and that was not being intentional about the company culture that I was building. Culture starts at the top. And frankly, I didn't want to be responsible for it. So I put it in the hands of everyone else. In some ways, that's good. A culture defined by its people. Great. But in other ways, when it's not defined by you and you hand it over to other people to create it, it turns into lots of different things. Maybe different departments have different sentiments. There are different methods of collaboration and even different standards of how we treat each other within different teams of the company. It's so incredibly important to make sure that you have the obvious things in place, like your core values, but also to make sure that you set the standard for how employees show up at work and how they treat each other. When you have something acting badly, especially on a team leader management level, it sets a terrible example for the rest of the team. It basically shows that you don't care about how employees are treated, even if you're not the offender. So I make absolutely sure that my team now knows that they are appreciated, that they are spoken to kindly, that they're held accountable, that they're provided the resources that they need to grow. This is a work in progress, and I know that creating a company culture can be scary, and it's a very nebulous process, but 
A strong culture is what keeps employees. And when it's lacking, it's easy to lose people. This is something I've learned the hard way. As soon as you have a couple of employees, you have to start building culture intentionally. All right, number three, last but not least, is accountability. This is another thing that I long left in the hands of my managers, which again, good in some ways, bad in others. We had some managers that were really great at holding people accountable and delivering tough messages and some that didn't communicate expectations thoroughly and therefore people were kind of cloudy about their performance or what was expected of them or they were surprised when they eventually found out that things weren't going well. It's important to make sure that the performance metrics for a role are crystal clear. What does a team member need to do to be successful? This is something I still work on. I know I am not always the most clear communicator of the things that live in my mind, and I'm lucky to have people around me that hold me accountable to being clear. If you can give numbers to reach to your people, that's even better. It just makes it more cut and dry to know how someone's performing in a role like in sales. If you're hitting the number, you're performing. And if you're not hitting the number, you're not. It's pretty simple. Accountability is truly the key to growing a company. I give myself accountability, like I said, by having my people hold me accountable. And I have a business coach who's going to be joining me next week. I'm really excited about that. And my managers are accountable to me and we review their goals, their team performance, and et cetera, every single week during their one-on-ones. And then they are in turn responsible for holding their teams accountable through the good or the bad. So getting from few hundred thousand to a million, one, have the right people with you. And when you don't have the right people, you have to make the hard decisions and have the tough conversations. I have moved slowly on that in the past, and it's definitely slowed down our growth. Two, be intentional about the culture that you are building. And number three is accountability. If you got value out of today's episode, if you're in the process of growing a company as well, share it with just one person that will benefit from hearing these messages. And I will talk to you next time. 